Welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. We call the Spits and Suds one-timers, where we spend some time with some quality people in the hockey world, especially if they're from DFW or have a part in DFW hockey. Uh, Past episodes include Hannah Bilka, who's with the USA Women's Olympic team and currently playing for Ohio State. And uh, we just spoke with Cross Hannes, uh, the uh, Lake Highlands product, who is currently with the Grand Rapid Griffiths. So we try to give that local feel. And today we got a good one, folks. We are going to go behind the bench and behind the scenes with the 2023 ECHL Athletic Trainer of the Year from your Allen Americans, Jordan Dutes Dutton. What's up, dudes? Can I call you dudes? Is that okay? Yes, yes, you sure can. You sure can. That's what everybody calls me these days. So you're you're really really welcome to call me that, Spitz. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Am I I allowed to call you Spitz? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, for for those listening at home, I I always try to ask permission because people call me Spitz a lot. And Mm -hmm. it's never an issue, but I do remember a couple of entry-level employees, and I walk by, and they say, what's up, Spitz? And I'm like, oh, man, should they address me as that? But, you know, once it becomes your nickname because they hear the on air where people say, you know, Spitz, it, it just, you know, where, when I grew up, everyone called me Spittle. No one called me Gavin. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it is kind of, and in the hockey world, I mean, if you don't have a nickname, you don't belong. Exactly, exactly. Like, well, it was exactly 100% because it, it's either, I always tell people in the hockey world, you either take your last name and put, shorten it and put an S on the end of it or put an R on the end of it or put, put a, or put an O something, like some kind of a vowel yeah. on the end of your name. And that's usually what your nickname is. So it's, uh, so you just take the last name and just throw it into something. So yeah, I definitely get your saying, but yeah, pretty much everybody in the hockey world has a nickname. I'm sure people that are in the hockey world, people that have been around hockey can tell you, you know, like I said, in, in the locker room, you don't ever call people by their by their normal names you call them by their nicknames so yeah so I, mean, I, so, so I, I i've definitely been known as dudes the last there's some so there's some players i've been here and don't even know my name like my real name they, they just call me dude so it's just <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of it's just kind of kind of how it goes but hey i love it i'm here for it and uh that's how that's what it's about man about yeah, having fun yeah absolutely and it's, it's dudes is a great nickname however dutch is a more common nickname and i would think that you would have had because it's dutton so i would think that you would have dutch Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it was kind of weird, kind of how that all started. So it was my it was my second year working as an intern. This this was I'm dating myself. This is probably 2011, 2012, somewhere around there. I'm the second year of the team, whichever that was. Um, and um, and so at the time we had our athletic trainer who was a uh, Jason Wallace. We called him Wally back in the day. We had uh, Patrick Stevens, our equipment manager, who we called Loaf. Well, that that was that was his nickname. Um, and um, so so we. I was kind of still hanging around them, getting to know them and things like that to start the year. Well, we all kind of hung around um, a couple of players, a couple of uh, guys from Quebec that kind of hung around did the locker room at the time. And, and what happened is when they introduced me to, hey, guys, this is Jordan Dutton, our assistant or the student athletic trainer, the two um, Quebec guys, we obviously with the, with the French accents, they said Jordan, you should mean Jordan Duton. And then from that moment on, Loaf and Wally, who were the uh, uh, of the equipment and the trainer at the time, just said, "That's it, like that's your name." And like, and and, and it's kind of stuck from there. So they started calling me Duton. Play, a player started calling me Duton, and that was the name for a number of years. And then right toward when when I came back after college um, to work with uh, Casey Coberly, who was the equipment guy at that time. We everything kind of got shortened. The dudes, Mike Barube, who was a former captain of the team, is actually the one who started giving me that name. Um, he um, one day just started saying, started saying dudes, shorting it up from Duton, and then more people started saying dudes and things like that. So over the last few years, dudes has kind of been the kind of go to what everybody calls me, which it's shorter, it's easy to remember, things like that. So um, the, the, it's kind of funny. The old, like the older guys that knew me before, like you're, like Casey and Loaf and Wally, those guys like still call me Duton, but like the newer kids, like people that have been around more now, they can call me Duke. But um, I probably prefer Dukes because it's shorter. But yeah, so that's how it happened. Like I said, it's uh, crazy how those nicknames come along. And I guarantee you, everybody who has a nickname has a story behind how they got it. So. And, and with the last name of Dutton, how many Yellowstone references do you get asked about? Oh, man, you have no idea. It, 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 it literally could be a player. I literally went to get my oil change yesterday and I had a guy ring, ring me up my tab and he was just like, have you ever seen the show Yellowstone? Like, yes, I've seen the show Yellowstone. Like, and or I even have people, I have people have asking me, like, you know, are you related to the Duttons? I'm like the fictional family. Yes, I, I'm not really related to them. But if I was, you know, I definitely wouldn't be working here if I was if I was yeah. in the Dutton family. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I, 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 I get that a lot. You know, I actually have a. Um, 
um, you know, actually have a Dutton Ranch sign that I have in my training room that, that, that I hang up there um, so guys can see it. So because I'm a big fan of the show, obviously, obviously, given, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, it definitely uh, I definitely get a lot of references from players, everybody around. Any, anytime I say my name, they immediately go to John Dutton or Casey Dutton on uh, the Dutton family. So I definitely get a lot, a lot of references from that for sure. I mean, you're nicer than me. I would have like if people ask, have you ever seen that? And it's like, yeah, that's my family. <laughs> just kind of mess with them a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then they'd have to think about it and be like, "Oh my god, wow! I met one of the Duttons." And then it'll click in. One of the, you know, some friend will tell them like, "That's a fictional family." Oh, it'll click well, in. It's, at some it's, point. it's funny because a buddy, a buddy of mine who lives in Montana, his name's Jeff. He um actually told me he was like, "You actually be the only that you're the only one that's allowed to actually buy you on a ranch to call it Dutton Ranch because your last name is Dutton." So maybe if I get some money someday, I'll go up there and create my own Dutton yeah. Ranch. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Absolutely. You're, you're one of the few that can legally do it. Yes. Exactly. I, exactly. I, I, I love the entrepreneurial skills you are throwing out, my man. All right. So, exactly. So Dudes is a DFW native, grew up here, which is awesome. I saw when I was preparing for this interview, I saw a picture of you. I, I'm guessing you were about four or five years old. You had a mm-hmm. stick in your hand and you had that sweet old star sweater on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's definitely a picture that uh um that my that my mom was definitely proud of. Sure. That, that's that's still hanging me and my little brother. It still hangs in the uh in the um the office to this day. But um so yeah, so I actually originally um from the DFW area, I actually originally grew up in East Texas. I'm, i and then I transplanted here when I was a sophomore in high school. Um but back but back in the day, my, my hockey journey kind of started um in Texarkana. Um, so in East Texas, you know, especially back in the mid to late nineties, you know, hockey wasn't really, really well known at all. Like it wasn't really as big as it is now. Like people don't, people that are here now don't really understand how much, even though hockey was a presence, it's not as near as much of a presence in the state of Texas and DFW as it is now. So it originally started for me back when I was, um, I was probably seven or eight years old. I got taken to a, a to a Shreveport Mudbugs game, which they are now an NA, NHL yeah. team back, back then they were a, um, um, uh, WPHL team and Central Hockey League team um, at professional I and mean, then Shreveport. So we went there, and of course, back, back in the back in the mid to late nineties, like the way hockey was, it was the most entertain. It was WWE on ice, literally. So it was literally, um, it was literally just entertainment value was just going through the roof, and I, I fell in love with the sport. But then, from an NHL standpoint, there wasn't much there. So then, that's kind of when I became, you know, the only team that was around. You can go even watch on t- television or see was the Stars. Um, especially especially down this far south at the time so you know obviously you know was a big stars fan growing up you know and obviously when i moved to dallas he became an even bigger fan you know things like that so that's how i kind of got started with there and obviously you know the old with the old star sweater and things like that so they the stars are the ones that really kind of got me into professional hockey got me into hockey and made me kind of fall in love with the sport so yeah i definitely uh just like any other texan i'm sure that grew up didn't know about it kind of the same thing the stars were that transition into becoming a hockey fan so then Plano Senior High and yep, followed well, by UNT. Yes, and sir. And followed by Texas Tech. I mean, super local roots here. Yeah. And <laughs> right. I, I mean, exactly. you are just yeah. a, you are a DFW hockey story. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as <laughs> well, like, you know, I mean, that. because we hear, you know, Blake Coleman went, you know, is from mm-hmm. Plano, a couple other guys, you know, the Jones boys in Frisco yep. and stuff like that. But it's pretty cool that you're able to grow up here, be a hockey fan, and then work here as part of an organization. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those things where it, it really, you know, it it's really a really big and true blessing is what it is, Spitz. I mean, it's just it's just the way it, it all happened. You know, it was, you know, it started out when I was at Plano Senior High. I went to a meet and greet, um, you know, with my family and my dad kind of pushed me to go, you know, looking for some job opportunities or internship opportunities. And I put down athletic training. And then at the time I was able to um, get in with the athletic trainer, uh, Brent Woodside, who is actually now the assistant athletic trainer with the Colorado Avalanche now. And then I also got to work with, uh, again, Patrick Stevens Loafer. Uh, He was, um, and he was another guy that brought me on. And that's how I got involved in it. It's just one of those luck of the draw things. I started helping out, filling bottles as, as the years went on, I got more responsibilities and then, you know, they had to go to school, you know, after that, um, always still kept touch with the team, always still kept in touch with, you know, how things were going. I've known a lot of great people with this organization over the years um, and just uh, keep in touch with that. 
And then obviously went off to UNT. You know, you got to go off at some point, right, to get do what you got to do. So I went there to finish my bachelor's degree. Was actually able to, luckily, you know, when I was at UNT and before, you know, I got to be a part of the three championships here, one President's Cup and two Kelly Cup championships here. So that was a really cool thing to be a part of an experience. I got to still talk to a lot of those guys these days. Like even Chad Costello, our head coach, I got to be – I was with him when he was on those teams winning those championships. So I had a lot of fun doing that. Then obviously went to UNT. Went, went and worked football, went and worked men's basketball, everything there. Texas Tech, went to go baseball there. and But just always had that itch to work professional hockey. Um, it was always my goal to do it. And then sure enough, as luck would have it, you know, that summer when I graduated from Texas Tech, I came back home. Um, the team was looking for an athletic trainer. I applied for it. Luckily, some of the people that were still around here um, remembered me and knew me. And um, I was able to get the job. And, man, that's where we've been ever since, man. Yeah. Just uh, plug it. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, doing the best I can, you know, I think, you know, all the goals that we all have as players and coaches and staff is to one day work our way up to the NHL one day. But, you know, obviously where I'm at now, I really love it being local, having my family here and being a part of a team that has been a part of my life for close to 10 to 15 years. And, you know, it, it, it's just really a, a full circle story. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, let's let's go back because you mentioned it, but it was your, actually your dad who pushed you to yes. go out to a Allen Americans when they were new to a meet mm-hmm. and greet at Doty's. And yep. um, I wanted to talk about that because Frank Provenzano, the former assistant GM of the Stars, joined us recently, and I asked him how he got into hockey, and he played in college, and then one day he just decided to call the Vancouver Canucks. And <laughs> that's how he ended up starting his career with the Vancouver Canucks. And they said, this is way early, and they're asking him basically, do you know anything about computers? Um, and Vancouver was getting into analytics, and he's like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he knew nothing about it. But, you know, I mean, and so your story of your dad pushing you to say, head out to Doty's and see what's out there basically mm-hmm. led you on this path. Yeah, that, that's exactly what happened. And I, and I have him to thank because he was the one that kept pushing me, pushing me, saying – because – my dad's always had the philosophy, especially when it comes to job stuff or any opportunities. The worst thing I could say is no, you know, and, and, and he's always kind of pushed that philosophy in me. And, um, you know, when I went there that night, I, I definitely wasn't expecting to meet the athletic trainer or meet coaches and things like that. And like I said, it just um, it, it, it just all kind of planned out in the way that it was supposed to. I can't believe that it did. But like you said, it's one of those deals right? I tell people to this day, like you don't know unless you try. You don't know if you don't ask. And, you know, it's one of those things that, it, you know, you know, if things are left unsaid, you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, it's one of those deals where take a plunge, t- take your risk. And because if you don't, you never know what's going to end up. So I'm glad that I did. You know, I, I think that, you know, because of that, you know, I've had my dad, you know, looking back, you know, as a teenage kid, you're like, you know, your parents are pushing you to, you know, do something you might be not be uncomfortable with. But looking back, it was one of the best decisions that, you know, I've ever made because it got me into the hockey world. It got me to fall in love with the sport, with the people, with the players and just and just everything in general. And it sent me on a path that I've been on ever since. So it's one of those deal where as long as you you know i always tell people like just don't be afraid to take a plunge and you know i'm glad that i did and and we did talk about texas tech but what we didn't say is you were with the baseball team and we also didn't add big 12 champions that year yeah big uh, big 12 champions and 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 a college world series that year and a college uh, world series and i wanted to ask you about your relationship with josh young seeing the rangers win the world series this year seeing him celebrate what kind of memories did that bring back and do you every once in a while yell from the stands hey josh remember me <laughs> so to be honest with you i haven't talked to josh probably since we left texas tech um but but, but at the time you know because i because it's the thing that people need to know about josh is is, is is that kid is an absolute pro in everything he does i mean he he's just the way he acts, the way that he present, presents himself, the way that he works, the way that he works on his craft. You know, the, the guy is just a professional 365 a year, and he was that way at Texas Tech. I mean, he he, he was – I'll never forget with him – um, it was during a regional game, I believe in our region in, in our regional games. And he had gone over for that day, didn't have a great day batting. Um, and I was covering, I believe I was covering the next games that we have because you have to kind of stay in cover from the medical standpoint, help and cover. And he just shows up with his dad and his dad is a big, obviously a big part of what he does, him and him and his brother. Um, and, um, he just shows up at eight 30, nine, nine o'clock at night. And I was just like, what's up? He was like, Oh, nothing. Just going to work on some bats. 
And I'll, and and he stayed in that cage for about two hours with his dad, just batting and just going and going. Like like he he just like and in that moment I knew I was like this kid's gonna be special. Like like he's going he like he gets it. He knows what he's doing. And yeah, it, it, like I said, it's um when I was working with him, he was amazing to work with. He he works hard. Was always in there early. Always stayed late. You know he he, he was just he he was the ideal athlete if that makes sense like he, he was just a guy that just got it knew 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 what his role was knew what he had to do and um yeah like i said it sucks i i, I haven't talked to josh you know uh in, in, in a couple years but you know it's been really cool to watch his progression obviously you know you know being an all-star winner world series the first year you know no big deal um <laughs> and, and uh you know to have, to have the start that he's having you know obviously i think personally you know if it wasn't for that injury he might have been he probably should have been rookie of the year you know if it wasn't for the injury um but um just it just, just he was such a great kid to work with you know obviously and i wish him all the best hopefully i see him again one of these days yeah um, but um yeah, but I, I definitely uh, wish him the best. And, uh, you know, like I said, when I was working with him, he's great to work with. Just a good human being, you know, parents raised him right, the whole nine yards, man. He's just a good overall person. So um, it, it was so cool to see a guy that, you know, you work with, a guy that, you know, that works hard, get to the top and to uh, and get to the pinnacle of his sport and pinnacle of a dream, what to win a World Series and do it for the Rangers and also do it for a, for a local hometown team like that. It just, you can't beat it. So I I'm so I'm, I was so happy for him, proud of him. I know everyone at Texas Tech Baseball and Texas Tech alumni, the whole nine yards are proud to see him win that and uh i hope that he had I, I think he's gonna have a great career because when he worked that hard you get rewarded so he's a he's an amazing human being well i think you guys have an upcoming night with the world series trophy and alan right that's huge yes actually so um on, on december 30th we're actually having uh we're having um a player that's yet to, that's going to be coming that we're, that we're about to announce and then we have uh on the world series trophy just a big texas rangers night basically to celebrate the rangers and their world series so that's gonna be really cool obviously yeah. it's gonna be cool to see have, have the fans come out and you know see a trophy see the trophy for the first time you know in, DF, in, in dfw it's gonna be really cool to see it have it out here so i'm excited to see it too because i've never seen it as well so i mean obviously it's, it's gonna be really cool to it's gonna be a really cool night for the fans to enjoy and even Rangers fans alike to come around, come out, and you know, just and, and still to help celebrate because you know it's one. It's it, it, um, the one thing that I always tell players that you know, being a part of a Big Twelve championship and the Kelly Cup championships, and I'm sure anyone who's won championships will tell you, like it's enjoy every moment of it as a fan, as a player. As a as a reporter, as a media outlet, anything, as a photographer, whatever, enjoy every second of it because you never know what's going to happen again. And you know, so and so, embrace everything you can possibly can, embrace every memory you can get because you know you never you know what happens. So I hope that the fans really get get really get to enjoy it. I hope the Rangers fans too around the area can come in and get to enjoy it. We're you know, hockey's one big family. We welcome anybody who wants to come. You know, Rangers, anybody, baseball fans, hockey fans, football fans. We we'd love to have y'all here so y'all can see it. And um, I think it's definitely going to be a cool event for sure. I'm really excited to get that going. Now, Dutes won't tell you this, but he's won three cups with the Americans, which is awesome. And <laughs> um, wanted to ask you, that feeling on ice, no matter what level you're at, and the ECHL is a high level of hockey, and just raising that over your head after – I'm guessing hours wise, it has to be 80, 90 a week or, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, your job is so vital to the success of the team and for a, a player to hand you that cup and to take it and put it over your head. Does it ever, I don't want to say get old, but you know, you're a winner of three, which were they different? Was the first one that special because it was your first time doing it or do you harken back to your Texas Tech days as far as a national championship? Because once again, all the hours, all the bus rides, the relationships with players, and to stand there a champion, it it's just special. It's one of the coolest feelings you could possibly have. Um, and it's something that, you know, I tell all my players every year. It's something that I wish that every player could experience at least once in their career and every staff member too. Um, it's the first one was definitely a special one just because I'd never won one before. Um, and the team that year was a very, very close knit group and, and a close knit team and things like that with a great leadership. And the years after that were the same way. I mean, it's just, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, um, because here's the thing at the end of the day, Spitz, it's, you know, I tell people all the time, as bad as this might sound, Americans fans were spooled <laughs> to start those years because, <laughs> um, because, 
the the in any professional sports setting, winning four straight championships. I was able to be part of three, but winning four straight championships in that time, it, it, it's unheard of. Um, um, to be able to do four straight like that in two different leagues, for that matter. Um, and everyone is special, and it's it's one of those deals now where you know. Because like for me, for example, like when I watch, you know, like the Stanley Cup final, who no matter who's playing in it, I love to watch. Um, obviously, people love watching the players, guys that have waited for a long time to hoist it. But I love watching the staff because people like myself, people like yourself, people that have been around hockey, you know, know the hours, know the time commitment, know the blood, sweat and tears that have been put in by that staff to, you know, to keep this team going, to keep things alive. And, and and any player that's like any player that you have on will tell you the same thing on how vital that hockey operations staff is important, you know, to the success of the team. And, you know, for and to see anybody, you know, I have a lot of friends, you know, that are obviously, you know, that, you know, that, you know, have won cups, you know, won Kelly cups, Stanley cups, things like that. So to it's a special feeling no matter what you do, um, just because, like you said, it's, you know, especially at this level, we're doing eight to nine hour bus rides and we're doing, you know, four games in five nights with travel. We're doing three games, in three nights with travel. And it's, it's, you know, you play a lot of games in a short amount of time. You know, it, it, it's a grind. And when you get to the top and, 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 and you earn and you earn that right to hoist that trophy and to be around it, man, especially because another thing, too, is we want four straight at home, which is unheard of to win win championships at home. To win a championship, one championship at home is great. Yeah. But to win four straight at home in front of your fans in your locker room is just unheard of. And, you know, what? It's it's one of those deals sometimes where I like where when I, especially toward like my third and fourth one, you know, I kind of look back and you know watch the locker room. You see the players enjoying and having a good time, and everybody just having a great time. And it's just it's one it, it, it it's it, it's a memory, man. Like it, it's it's it, I, like I said, you know, I told somebody the other day, you know, you know, you, you get a beautiful championship ring no matter how you do it, and it's great. You wear it, you know, when you're around and, you know, you put it on, in your trophy case or on your desk, you know, when everything's said and done. But at the end of the day, like it's all of the, all of this is memories. All of this is memories. Like it's I'll never forget Lowe told me one time, uh, the old equipment guy, he was like, you, like the rings are nice. But like when you look at them and you remember all the blood, sweat and tears you went through, all the fun times you had on the bus or all the fun times you had on the road or all the fun times you had in the room and the games you won, the close games you won, like that's what it's all for. Um, so it's just it's great to have those memories. I don't take them for granted. Um, it's one of those things looking back now, like, you know, I maybe wish I would have done more, you know, I don't know, yeah. depending on how you look at it, you know, if I would have known then what I know now. Um, but at the end of the day, any type of championship in any type of league, you know, it's whether it's your beer league, whether it's the NHL, um, it, it, it's a cool experience to win it. You know what I mean? And to do that, to do that, do that three times, you know, is something that some of the best memories I've ever had. And, you know, and, and cause it, because it's one of those things like the, the old quote where, you know, if you win the day, you're, you're bonded together forever type of thing. That's how it is. I mean, like, you know, you, you and the people on that team forever will have a memory together that no one can take away from you. And I'm sure that anybody who's won a Stanley cup, Kelly cup, Calder cup, you know, the whole nine will tell you the same thing. It's just, you know, you, you now have a memory with 25, 30 other people that, you know, you, you can cherish forever. So it's a, it's a beautiful moment. Hope to be, hope we, hope we do it again one day, you know, hopefully maybe even win a Stanley cup someday, who knows. Um, but, um, but yeah, that's, it's just, it's an indescribable feeling. And I, and I really hope that one day with our front office staff, our, our downstairs staff, our hockey ops and players, we get to experience that because it's, it's unlike anything you've ever had. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. So quick story. I was at a charity event. Cup was there. Wanted to get mm. my picture. Very hands off. Like it yeah. is the most. It's the friend zone Stanley Cup spits oh, picture. God. Where yeah. like I didn't even want to get close to it because I, I, I I'm like a I can't even look at it. Like 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 I legit can't even look. Yeah. So I'm like old school curmudgeon <laughs> and like don't want to get too close because I know the rules and I want to yeah. respect the players that have won it. So, you know, mm-hmm. had a picture Absolutely. taken, and it's such an awkward distance-looking picture of me leaning in. And then <laughs> as the night goes along and I'm seeing the Frosties flowing, all of a sudden that cup gets picked up. And next thing mm-hmm. I know, it's over someone's head. And next thing I know, people are drinking out of it. And I'm like, I wanted to drop the mitts. Like, I was pissed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like an old school. I'm like, you know what? If you did not play, then you can't touch it. 
I 100% agree. And, 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 and again, maybe I'm with the old school fraternity on that, like and how it feels. But, you know, even when I was growing up as a kid, I was always taught you don't touch it unless you've earned it. Um, and and I know that's been a cardinal rule. I know I know for a fact within like the hockey, especially in like the hockey community, like professional, like that is a cardinal rule. Like you don't touch unless you've earned it. Um, it also brings bad luck to your team, you know, or to yourself if you do it. So, um, you know, there's instances where you, there's a lot of documented instances where players feel that way and that it just that they don't even look at it or touch it. So I'm definitely on, on the old school side of that of just, you know, I think the Stanley Cup is, you know, definitely one of those trophies because there's only there's one of one, you know, they don't they don't replicate it. You know, it's, you know, the, the same the same the same trophy that Gretzky touched is the same one that you're going to touch if you ever win it. And it's one of those deals that I think they're that is the most prestigious trophy, in my opinion, in sports. You know, I know that's a, you know, opinion that people can argue, but for me, it is just because of what you have to do to get there, what players have to do to sacrifice to get it. And, you know, I agree with you. I'm with you. I, I think if you didn't win it or if you weren't part of the staff that won it, then, you know, that you, that you shouldn't, that, that you know, it, it, it should be reserved for those that have put in the hours and, and fought hard to buy and get it. So I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one, Spitz. Um, but, but, you know, unfortunately, these days, you know, times have changed. So Yeah, no, you're it. absolutely right. So in 2009, <laughs> when you were kind of starting with the Allen Americans, a very young, and you uh, guys were the CHL at the time, a very yeah, young mm-hmm. Jordy Ben was with you guys for a short period of yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so Jordy was with us uh, for one season. Um, he he was basically with us because that was, I believe, that was also, I believe, that was his brother. I think that was Jamie's rookie year as well, if I remember correctly. Um, a rookie year in Dallas. Um, so, um, I, I think he probably came came here because you know, you know, he wanted to be close to his brother. He just came out of junior stuff like that. Jordy was a great guy. George Jordy was a great room guy. He was he he was unbelievable to have in there. Um, good to be around, fun to talk to. Um, and, and kind of make you laugh, kind of thing. But um, we we, we knew at the time he wasn't going to be there long, and uh, it it was really cool to see you know watch his progression through the through the American Hockey League in, in into the NHL with the Dallas Stars and also um throughout his career. So I think that it was really cool to see his progression. Obviously, I think he had a very good career. You know. Or still going, you know, in the NHL, and uh, you know, it, it was cool to see those aggressions. And we've had a few of those guys. You know, we had, uh, you know, we had, you know, Jordy Ben was one of them. Then we had, um, you know, Aaron Dell who did, did, did a few stints with um, with San Jose Sharks for yeah. as their goal. Um, Zach Sachinko, who had a couple of swings up in, uh, in the NHL. Um, even now, you know, you know Kevin Mandelazy, who had his first job in the NHL this year. Sam Laberge, um, who was with the New Jersey Devils this year. So we 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 we've been blessed to have a few guys that have you know had the chance to live their dream and make that jump, and to have some to have some small part of that, you know, in their careers is definitely a humbling thing for sure. So you have an interesting situation this year because. As the athletic trainer, for many years, you worked on Chad Costello. Chad Costello Mm -hmm. went from player now to not only coach, but to GM. Talk about the relationship because that is a, I mean, that is completely different. Coach, GM relationship and guy that was on your table and you're working and taking care of him. It, it it definitely was an interesting transition for sure because um you know I had Costi obviously when he was you know the couple of years he won championships but I got to have him for his last year um as a player and you know obviously you know transitioning from being a player and changing your whole mindset into being a coach you know I'm sure that had to be a big jump for him but also a big jump for me because you know you're going from a guy who you basically work on two guys basically your boss right I mean basically kind of the team kind of runs through him but you know with with Costi man it he, he's just such a good human being um that that he he, he he's you know he's a guy that de- he's someone that demands perfection from himself and he's very hard on himself when he doesn't get that perfection you know he's always been a person who's very been very competitive you know been very you know wanting to be on top of his game at all times um and you know even when I first started talking with him and hanging and working with him as a coach you know he you know, the big thing was for him as he came to me after the first job, he's and, you know, it meant a lot to me. And he told me that, you know, I don't want you to leave. You're my guy. Like, you know, you're my, you're my AT, like, you know, we're going to do this together type of thing. And, and that meant a lot to me, you know, because, because he, he, he could have easily just said, I, I want I want another athletic trainer. You know, that's like, you know, some people do, I want another athletic trainer. I want to have my own guy, but he had his faith in me, you know, to stick with me. And that meant a lot to me to have him do that. And, you know, and I, and I kind of felt that, you know, I, I, I have to give him my best on a daily basis, um, you know, from the medical side of things. And for him, you know, it's just he's very easy to work with. He, he's the same as he was as a player. You know, just be blunt with him, tell him how things are. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's a little different now because, you know, back in the day, the trainer would give the play, you know, 
you know, where the athletic trainer would help, you know, with players get everything healthy. But now it's, you know, sometimes you got to give them bad news of like, hey, this guy might be out for a while. This guy may be back, you know, might be missing some games or whatever. So, you know, I'm sure from the GM side of things, he might be mad at me from time to time. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, overall, you know, just because of our relationship before, because he's such a great human being, it's because we have, a, and you know, we connect a lot and talk a lot. I think that uh, it was a very easy transition. I feel like, you know, that we've kind of, he's helped me be a better AT. You know, I thought, you know, I'm trying to help him, you know, give him the best I possibly can from the medical side to make sure that he has what he needs to have a competitive team on the ice. And, you know, and yeah, so I think it was a very easy transition. And um, and I, I love working with Kazi. He's, he's, he's a great human being to work with. And players love working with him. I love working with him. He's just a great guy to work with. He's, he's awesome. So the Allen Americans did a great job. And you can tell that Dutes likes to talk, which is awesome. And... <laughs> They mic Dutes up, and you can watch that on YouTube, and you spend the day with Dutes and all of his duties and in the training room, working on the guys, and it's a great video. It's out on YouTube. It's only about 18 minutes, so it's terrific. Uh, so a couple of things. Awesome to see how much the players and the team embrace you, and second thing, you take care of those boys. That is awesome. Our job is to be there and help them when they need it. We, we, we keep our cool, keep our mouth shut, you know, let the coaches do the talking and just kind of stay there. But I was mic'd up. I knew I was mic'd up. I was like, hey, let's have a little fun here. So so <laughs> so it was uh, – so, yeah, there, there's a couple of things here and there, and obviously having fun with the players and chirping them, things I was having a good time. So, yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah that, that, that was all for the sake of uh, being mic'd up. I promise you that's not how I normally do Okay, things. okay. And you mentioned chirping. <laughs> what – I mean, ECHL, some great chirping in that league. Are there some memories as far as chirps that you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you know, yeah, you know, Spitz, it's, I really wish I could say, okay, PG, I think think that the podcast might get flagged. Yeah, yeah, I understand. I I, I totally understand that. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into what we call patchwork, because that's what essentially it is. Someone drops the mitts, say they're split open or they block a shot, injury, and and stuff like, you know, I mean, you're working for the safety of the player, but you're also having to work with speed because the player wants to get back on the bench. So uh, have you seen technology change as far as patchwork and, and, and how to close cuts and stop bleeding and other resources that you now have? Oh man, it is completely changed from what it was even 10, 15 years ago, or even like in the, like, you know, it's, you know, cause back in the day it used to be just, you know, no matter what you did, you had to get zips or get stereo strips to zip a guy up. But now we have the technology now where we have this thing called uh, Dermabond, not sponsored or anything. I just, it's just, it's just the name of the brand that basically is skin glue. And, you know, it, that now depending on the laceration, if you have lacerations that are really, really big and deep, um, that you you definitely want to make sure that um you know that you get that stitched up because you don't want to get infected or anything. But if there's like a little small cut or whatever, um, you're able to you know really get the glue on it, you know, glue it together, kind of hold it, and got to get to where the player and go back out there. They also have like you know when a player is bleeding, you have different you know things that help stop bleeding these days that help you have kind of cut. So so yeah, you, you, we have a lot of different things we can do. Whether it's you know doing a quick tape job or doing a glue or doing a you know using blood clotting spray to kind of basically make it to where the blood bleeding kind of stops. So there's a lot that you can do now. Um, it just really depends on the severity of the injury. It depends on the severity of the cut and whatever happens. So, but yes, that's the one thing about hockey players that differ from most is that you know they they work against time and they work and they, and they work against speed because they want to get back out there. So you know, like a couple weeks ago, I had a guy break his nose, um, get through a high stick or whatever. You know, we had a doctor put it back in place, kind of in the back of the locker room, then put a bubble on him, and he's back out there playing. So it's like so hockey players are a different breed. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's uh, it's one of those things you just kind of have to evaluate the situation depending on uh, you know what it looks like and what you're doing and uh, just kind of go from there. Like so, you always work at speed though. The biggest thing as an AT and as a medical guy, anybody will tell you is that even equipment guys too is that you know you don't, you don't want to miss a shift. And um, as long as you're doing that and you get them out there as quick as possible doing your job, then hopefully they never miss a shift. So all right, I'm about to ask a stupid question. But I no might sound thing. smart. No such, thing. no such thing. Do you practice running onto the ice? <laughs> Is that a bad question? Yeah, you know, no, it's it's not at all. I, 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 it's you know, I don't know because every AT is different. Some jog, some walk, yeah. some. 
you know, take their time depending on what they're doing. Cause I wear spikes on the ass cause I've fallen too many times. So okay. I got, so I started to wear spikes. Um, but it's, it's just one of those things. That I don't know when I started to do that. Um, it's just, you know, depending on the situation, depending on how the player looks and how he's laying or how, if he's conscious or not conscious or whatever, like it depends on my speed and what I think is going on. Yeah. But to answer your question, no, like, like I've never actually practiced running. It's just one of those deals where I just, I just literally, my spikes grab the ass and I pray to God that I don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> it's really what it comes down to. So okay. yeah, that's really what it is, man. I, I, I don't know when I started doing that. I don't know when I started that. It just, uh, you know, one game I had a guy go down pretty hard and he looked like he was kind of unconscious. So I ran out there cause you never know what's going on. And, you know, obviously you're taught in athletic training, you know, in medical, in the medical field, the quicker you get there, the quicker you can evaluate, the quicker you can, the quicker you can treat. So, so yeah, that's, that, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where that started. I, I don't know why I did do that or why it started, but I try to book it when I can and not fall. See, that's why I like the non Ludwig spits and sud shows is because <laughs> I can ask questions and I will not be hit with that. I'm an idiot that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's a, that's a good thing. I do think that spits and suds listeners would like to know because we see it too often. Um, in the ECHL, the AHL, any level, the NHL, is there a process in which when you go out to a player, what questions are asked? And because you, you always see the talking, but we never know what's being asked. Yeah. So my, my normal routine um, when I get out there and check on a player is I obviously have to see, is he on one knee? Is he laying down? Is he on his back, on his stomach? Is he grabbing his head? Is he grabbing knee? Like you kind of have an idea of what's going on just by looking at the player and figuring out what position he's in or she's in and, and, and trying to figure out, you know, what they're doing. When I get to them, if they're in pain, I basically just ask them, you know, I basically just, I, because I, I, you got to think about it too, like depending on the situation, like you know the game's going on you want to make sure that the player's taken care of but you also want to kind of think about time in that in the instance because the game is on pause and you know depending on how the severity of the injury so i asked the player you know talk to me what's going on you know a player tell me you know ah, i've smashed my knee I, I smashed my knee against against the door or whatever this doesn't feel right you know or i smashed my ankle or elbow or whatever you kind of give a quick kind of you know kind of feel asking me where's it at where's it pointing Oh, that's right here. Did you feel anything when you were going down? Did you feel anything, you know, anything crazy? You feel like a popping thing when you're going down? Yes, no, answer all those questions. Did your head feel okay? Yes, like you feel like you, and then the big question is, you, you kind of calm them down, let them catch their breath. You know, obviously the adrenaline's still going from that shift they were just on. You know, calm down, let them catch their breath, let them kind of get a level head. Um, because a lot of the times, like, you know, unless, you know, you have to take them off, like, because they have so much equipment, you can't really evaluate on the ice because of all the equipment they're wearing, especially from, especially from like the, from the hip downs, because they have so much on. So you just kind of ask them, like, you know, we go on, we go on your pace when you're ready. Let's, you know, let's see if we get you off the ice. And once they're calmed down, you know, because in that situation, any athletic trainer will tell you whether it's hockey, football, basketball, baseball, soft, whatever, it's they'll tell you that you you have to be the calm one in every situation because the player is in pain. They're the ones that are hurt. They don't know what's going on. You have to be the calming voice to basically say, hey, I'm here. I'm on your time. Let me know what's going on. Let me let me get let, um, let, let me get you help and let's figure out what's going on. Then once you get them calmed down, you know that they're, you know, have a level head. Everything is good. Then you kind of start asking the questions like, all right, let's get off the ice. So doctor can evaluate you. Let's go off the ice. So I can evaluate you, et cetera. So pretty much the whole time is you're just kind of, you kind of just, you kind of get the general idea of what's going on in, in hockey, just because you have, because they have all the equipment on and everything like that. So you basically get the idea of what's going on, calm them down, and then you know, either get them back to the bench, get them off the ice for the evaluation. That's pretty much kind of how you do it. Have you, seen, do have it. you seen a difference in all your years doing this as far as the players being more responsive to admit I'm not well, um, rather than the you know the the tough guy thing is to get back on the bench, but yes, yes, with but, the but, education level of concussions now, and mm -hmm. you know seeing how injuries can have a long lasting effect on people's career yeah. and their mindset, have you seen a difference? Uh, um, absolutely, absolutely, I have. It's because it's, it's one of those things too where. 
you know, as the athletic trainer, you also have to make the decision for them sometimes. Like you also have to, you, you have to look at the situation, see what's going on, see how the player looks. And man, sometimes you make make decision for them. You know, the coach and you say, yeah, you know, he, he'll be out for the rest of the game or whatever, or time of TVD or whatever. So it, I definitely think over the last 10 years, which in a good way, players are more educated on injuries. They're more educated on, you know, the long-term effects of them, what can happen, things like that. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I have, I've, I've seen a huge difference in, you know, how players respond. You know, the biggest thing is I get, you know, you make sure that, you know, your players have trust in you to take care of them, because when they have trust in you and they they know that you know what you're talking about, they're more receptive to letting you know what's going on of telling you like, hey, this is happening. I don't feel right today. And I always tell players like, you know, you know, you know, obviously I check for everything, but I don't know. Sometimes I don't know unless you tell me. And if something is going on, then it's my job to make sure that you're taken care of. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it, it just, it, it kind of depends on the situation, obviously, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, as the athletic trainer, it's your job to diagnose situation and figure out if it's something where you need to hold them out or something where you need to see what's going on, because sometimes they don't even know, or they want you to make a decision for them, which is fine. Um, and then, you know, just overall, just, pr- just protecting the player at all call. That, that's kind of what it comes down to, you know, would you recommend smelling salt before each spits and suds? <laughs> You know, I, I get this question a lot, um, you know, from people that ask me, what is it? What are yeah. they doing? Like before the game and things like that, you know, and and because nowadays it used to be pop, it used to be capsules that pop. Nowadays, they actually make it in bottles. Um, but, you know, it's 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 one of those things where, you know, by, by the medical book, is it probably the healthiest thing in the world? Probably not. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, you know, but, but, you know, it's one of those deals that's, it's been in hockey, baseball sports for a long time. And so, yeah, um, if, if you got to get fired up before you bring it on the podcast, by all means, go grab, go grab you a sniffer and get her going, man. <laughs> little smelling salt, little dangling of the mouthpiece around my mouth. Yeah, while yeah, I'm starting yeah exactly. It. Ah, exactly. Fit right exactly. in, right? <laughs> exactly. You, you just got to be careful, man, because some, some guys have never done it before. They'll get it right to their nose and they'll be shaking their head and stinging for about, you know, for a good 30, 45 seconds. Wow. Just get it right with the mouth there, right to where it's in your vicinity, give a good sniff, and then kind of go after that. So Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. All right, so hockey's known for its pranks. Um, best prank you've seen? Um, is, is there a line where you can't do pranks, and is there a line where people can't prank you? Well, Depends on the person. Um, so obviously, probably one of the funniest pranks I've ever seen, and it happens to a lot of rookies, is you will, you'll, you know, the skate guards on the skates are probably the funniest thing that I've probably seen because just just watching the guy do, watching the guy just duck it and go straight down the ice, just hilarious. <laughs> um, um, every time that happens, you'll see guys hide shin pads or hide helmets or hide sticks, stuff like that around the locker room and things like that. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen instances where I, you know guys they'll put a pregame meal in my fridge and a player will take the pregame meal, throw it in another fridge, and the player freaks out of where the pregame meal is at, things like that. So you know, little small things like that. I haven't seen anything too major yet in in, in in my short career so far, but um, it definitely happens for sure. Or it's one of those things where I'll, I'll have a, you know, I've seen teams where the equipment guy will, you know, you know, sew, sew the sleeves of the jersey together where you can't get the jersey through, or they'll they'll just literally take, you know, clear tape around their shin pads and just literally just take clear tape and just literally take the entire roll, they can get it off. So I've seen all kinds of stuff. Luckily, nothing too crazy, but it it, it happens on a daily. Believe me. <laughs> I bet. I bet. ECHL road trips. They've gotten better over the years, but they can be grueling. Um, yeah. You guys are, yeah, you guys are on the road for a long time. It, transportation, I assume, has improved amazing in your career. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 it, it has, man, dude. I, I remember back in the day in, in the championship years, like, like the, it was normal for guys to be on a sleeper bus, <clears throat> a sleeper bus for, you know, 11 12 14 15 sometimes 20 plus hours to get to a different spot and because because like i remember when, when we had game seven of the uh of the first kelly cup championship year they had we had beaten south carolina for game six um in south carolina south carolina jumps on a plane and comes here our team hops on a bus and literally drives you know 18 19 eight, eight hours back on a bus with no air conditioning by the way um oh. ac went out in the bus so like all the boys are just literally just sweating sweating like crazy coming back 
And sure enough, and we had and we literally got back on a Friday and we played or got back on a Saturday. We played on a Sunday. They got back at like I think four or five o'clock that day, and they played on a Sunday at four o'clock. So so it, it's just you know compared to what it was, man. Like that's what like so, some of these kids don't understand how it was yeah. back in the day, man. Like, you know, just just how you know crazy the travel has been or how it was, you know. Because like so back in the day with us, it was it was busting everywhere. Whether it was going all the way up, going forty five minutes to Fort Worth, or going. 18 hours to you know to quad city or 13 hours to rapid city we were on the bus the whole time so obviously we made big improvements now you know we only really bus to you know kansas city wichita and uh and tulsa which are kind of some shorter trips pretty much fly everywhere else you know if anything over usually eight or eight or nine hours ten hours something like that usually we usually try to fly um which has been good it's great for the players good for recovery and things like that but yeah you know the echl especially once you get to you know the, the the meat of the season around your February March around that time where you're playing four and four and five and three and threes you know there'll be instances where like with us we'll be playing like we have one coming up I believe in February where we're in um we're in Tulsa on Saturday we come back home and play in Allen on or sorry we're in Tulsa on Friday come back home play Allen on Saturday and then we go back to or, or play Wichita Saturday then we go to Wichita on Sunday so there's times where you're in three different cities and in, in, in literally less than forty eight hours wow. okay, but, but 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 you know what it's a part of it, part of the minors, part of the ECHL. It's, it's just how it goes. Every team goes through it. It's not just us. Um, but yeah, the, 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 there's definitely been there's definitely been times where you're, you're on the bus for a long period of time, playing game multiple games in a row. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's um, but it's part of it, man. It, 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 it's part of that life. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Favorite city? Oh, I would think besides Cincinnati Al- has but, pretty but, good but, hockey history with the ECHL. Besides Allen, definitely Boise, Idaho. Boise, um, Steelheads. It, Boise, Boise, Idaho is definitely probably the best spot um, in our division and probably in the league because uh, I've been to a few cities here and there. Um, Kansas City is a decent spot. You know, it, it, it obviously it's got sports there and good barbecue. Um, you know, and things like that. You know, obviously, you know, when you go to your cities like Cincinnati and Fort Wayne, um, that have that have had hockey for a long time for a number of years, those are fun because just the buildings and the experiences are really fun. But I definitely got to say the best city in the league is um, besides Allen is, is, is probably Boise for sure. <laughs> Boy, Boise is yeah, yeah. one of our favorites. Well, those boys in Orlando get treated pretty well, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Orlando's not a bad city. You know, I, I've never been to Orlando personally, so I can't testify whether that's fine. But I've heard a lot of people say that it's um that it's a really cool spot and a good city. Obviously, you play in, in a NBA NHL size arena, and you know it's um you know obviously Orlando, right? You know, you know, you know, the, with the beaches and everything that's around there. So I definitely probably say it's probably a good spot too. Yeah, for sure. absolutely. But, but, the, but the best place that I've been is definitely been Boise for sure. When I was younger, <laughs> I interviewed for a job in Boise, and when they picked me up, they said, "Anything you want to see?" I said, "Bluefield." <laughs> that's actually something that all the players say when yes. they go there or the blue turf is always yeah people go. <laughs> yeah 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 so to add to that story so they drop me off and then the boise female gymnastics team approached me and asked me if i wanted to go to the meet that night and i was like wow i mean i was a young sure. guy in my 20s i'm like oh wow i might have to check that out there please do <laughs> i said okay no question and, arm, right right well, exactly <laughs> Then I went to the art museum in Boise and I asked the guy at the front, I'm like, Hey, do you have any like Van Gogh's or Monet's? And he lifted his head. He goes, dude, this is Boise. And I said, okay. But I met a girl outside of the art museum and she actually said, my friend's coming and we'll take you wherever you want to go. And I was like, this is amazing. So I went to Boise state and I'm walking around the campus and then another girl starts to talk to me, and I'm like, I started strutting around thinking I was Boise hot. You're just you're, you're, you're I was bad, Boise right? You're hot. Man. <laughs> yeah, it was so stupid, but amazing city. You're right. It is. It a, is a, it is a yeah, gem sure. in America that people need to uh, to uh, check out. All Absolutely. Right, so they also need to check out the Allen American folks. It's a great brand of hockey. Uh, now affiliated with the Ottawa Senators, new ownership, and uh, Allen does a great job taking care of their fans. And if you want great local hockey, especially for the family, it is a great tech uh, right up 75. If you're in the Dallas area, uh, very easy to get to amazing parking and you're seeing professional hockey and the guys put on a show and the boys are always uh, trying to make it to the next level. And uh, it's terrific. I can't wait to go up there and check you guys out. And I can't wait to meet you in person, dudes. This has been an absolute pleasure. You're a beast. I understand why you were 2023 ECHL. 
Athletic Trainer of the Year. We'll have to do another podcast. It'll be the uncensored Frosty version, um, where love, we where we, <laughs> where we drink some uh, delicious Frosties and uh, we hear the stories that Dutz is not allowed to tell, so he can keep his job and support his family here in DFW. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's uh, well, I really appreciate you bringing me on, Spitz. Obviously, this is an unbelievable podcast that you know, trying try, just trying to get the word about hockey and DFW hockey, local Thank DFW you. hockey in the area has been really awesome. So I really appreciate you and everything that you do for the hockey scene and us in the DFW hockey area. And you know, obviously, you know, I, I tell people that you know, it's you know, th- this is a great, great. If you're a hockey fan, you know, it's smaller venue, you know, great place to come, great place to watch a game. Not a bad seat in the house, you know, and it's just, it, it's just a. It, we have great times here, really fun, more, a lot of fan engagement, things like that. So if you recommend to anybody, man, you know, come out, you know, come support us, come and watch the games, you know, come and see my bald head on the left side of the bench. I'm not hard, I'm yeah. not hard to find. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, it, it's a fun time, a good show, good family fun. And, uh, it, it's definitely awesome. I hope to see more people out here for sure. I'll tell you between you and I, our lettuce game is not on point, sir. <laughs> I finally had to give it up last year, man. I had a freaking uh, had a hurricane coming on the back of my head that was starting to turn into category four, and eventually I was like, I just had to give it up. So I finally shaved it, kept the beard, and I was like, all right, this is gonna be my look for the rest of my life. So here we go. <laughs> Got to embrace those, it, right? For those that don't know, lettuce is a nice set of hair. Mike Madonna would be a perfect example of that lettuce yeah. flowing as he skates so fast. Um, yeah, well, you know, so it, it's a hockey term when you say, oh man, that guy's got great lettuce, or you know, great salad. Exactly. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> all, right, all right. Before we go, I mean, is there any other terms that we should learn on spits and suds? Oh, man. Um, there, there's a whole dictionary. You, you, you can spend a podcast just okay. on terminology, terminology and terps alone. I mean, you got, you know, you know, obviously you got lettuce, you got salad, biscuit. You know, which refers to a puck. Yep. You got, you know, your twig refers to a stick, mitts, gloves, bucky, bucket, helmet. Um, you know, you got um pigeon. You know, yeah, pigeon is another one. You got, you know, or even like one that I told on one time, you know, we call it cheek left, which means uh scoot to the left on the bench. You have more room on the bench. <laughs> um that like that's another one that I've heard. Um or like 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 uh, even you know. You pretty much put a wow on everything, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when we go to a restaurant, hey, can we get brekkie? Or hey, can we, uh, hey, what, what appy do you want? Or appetizer, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's ho- hockey. Hockey is a whole different world, man. It's a fun, it's a great, fun world to be a part of. Like, it's just like, yeah, there's so many terms, terminologies. I just, like, I, I could go on and on. We'll definitely have to have, next time we do it or next time we have a hockey player on, we'll definitely have to, uh, you know, go through just the whole list. Cause there's just, there's so many to name. I can't, I can't even, I can't even think about all dude's, of them. That right now. <laughs> dude's rocking the uh, DFW slash Newfoundland accent with these words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a mixture of East Texas, Texan, and some sort of Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Once again, check out Allen Americans hockey. It's awesome. And thanks for everyone for listening to these spits and suds one-timers they're great they're a blast we love doing it and thanks to one and all for the growth of spits and suds you guys are amazing when uh, stars fans called me here at 105.3 the fan they said you don't talk enough stars so i tried to call their bluff and say i'm going to start a podcast and we have exploded and that's so awesome and you guys motivate me to do one-timers with great storytellers like jordan dutes dutton who currently stars in Yellowstone. I'm going to say that. So (laughs) he's the man. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast on 105.3 The Fan. Have a great day, everyone.